Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Business Owners Radio, where established business owners get the latest insights, strategies, and practices to grow a sustainably profitable business. And now, taking care of business, your hosts, Craig Moen and Shai Gilad. Welcome to Business Owners Radio, Episode 45. In today's show, we'll be talking to e-commerce expert Jordan Gall, founder of CartHook, about how to maximize the value of your e-commerce sales channels. Jordan is going to tell us about the proven practices used by his company and many others to make your e-commerce selling more successful. Good morning, Craig. Hey, good morning, Shy. Hey, Craig, have you ever shopped for something, maybe online or, or maybe even in a store, and you were almost about to buy it, and then for some reason... You just didn't quite complete the transaction? I have to say, I've done it a number of times. <laughs> yeah. You know, buying online is kind of fun. It saves tremendous time and really works well for a lot of things. Every once in a while, you get a recommendation and a blog or so forth. Someone says, oh, this is really great and check it out. And there was one I recall just a few months ago that looked like a smartphone almost. It was a display that went on your bicycle for racing and that. To be able to get a lot of the information that your smartphone, in this case an iPhone, was collecting, and transferring that data via Bluetooth right to that screen that was mounted on your bike. And that screen depended on sunlight to see it. And since you're in the sunlight and it's bright all the time, it's tough to see your iPhone in direct sunlight. So sure. this one was like the paper-type display of Kindle, which was really cool. And I went over to it, and I'd really like to try that. It looks interesting. So I put it in the cart, got the final pricing. And I'm going, you know, it's kind of a low-key website. It's not impressive. It's really rudimentary. I'm going, well, who are these people, really? I only know one recommendation. So I looked at the about, and it just looked kind of squishy. (laughs) It didn't give me the trust level. There's nothing to indicate to me that there was really some time and effort spent into really polishing this to give me all the indicators. And so I decided I'd rather back away and research it more. And so I left it. And there you go, that abandoned cart. You see it in the shopping stores all the time, right? Yes, you do. And abandoned carts are a serious business issue for people that sell online. It turns out that about 68% of all carts are abandoned on the average website. So that means for every $1,000 of revenue you're bringing in online, there's another 2000 of lost revenue being abandoned on your site. That's huge. It, yeah, it really is. And it inspired our guest today to create his incredible product, as well as a host of other services to really help people improve their e-commerce success. Our guest today is Jordan Gall. He's the founder of CartHook, and he's the co-host of the podcast Bootstrapped Web. He's an expert in e-commerce sales. Jordan is going to tell us about the proven practices you can use to make your e-commerce selling more successful. Good morning, Jordan. Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, guys. It's good to be here. I'm really excited to talk to you and learn more about what you do in CartHook and a little bit about the trends in online content marketing right now and what you're seeing that could benefit our listeners. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and how you got started? Sure. So 
as it often does, goes back to growing up in an entrepreneurial family. So my father's the classic immigrant entrepreneur. And if you grow up with that in the house, you've caught the disease. It's very hard to be an employee after that. So I've been an entrepreneur for basically my entire adult life. And how I got to what I'm currently doing, right? So Cardhook is a software company that creates tools for e-commerce businesses. The way I got here was I actually started an e-commerce business selling physical products, mostly drop shipping, with both of my brothers. And that business took off after a year. And then that's kind of what led me into the software realm. I wanted to stay within the e-commerce business. And so I went from running my own e-commerce business to kind of creating software that I wish existed. And in my non-working life, I'm a husband, dad of three little girls in Portland, Oregon. So I'm, I'm pretty busy. Yeah, it's a beautiful part of the country, just gorgeous out there. And I'm curious, so what was the problem that you were trying to solve? Like any other business, there are always problems. So what I did in starting the software business is I basically thought back on our time as e-commerce merchants. You know, we were essentially sitting in the driver's seat. We were the customer that I wanted to service. So what I tried to do is focus in on problems that made us money. That was where I kind of came down. Do I want to solve pain? Do I want to save time? Or do I want to make money? And I just always like selling something that makes my customer money. It's just an easier sell. It's more objective. And so we had this one particular problem. If you're focused online, everything is about your conversion rate. Everything is basically about how much money do you get back for every dollar you spend in advertising or any other form of marketing spend. And one of the issues we had in an online store, right, everyone listening has experienced this before. You put something into the cart. And then you go to check out and then you don't always finish checking out. And so we were using a tool that what it did is it captured the email address as the person was checking out on the checkout page. And then if the visitor didn't complete the purchase, it triggered an email campaign designed to bring them to come back. And so Cardhook is a pretty straightforward knockoff of a product that we used. The thing was, and this is what I liked about the idea, the tool was horrible. The software was a giant mess, but it still made us money. So I just kind of looked at that and I said, what if I actually built a good product that was not an annoying mess to use and it made people money, then that would kind of put me in a good position. Um, So that's kind of what I did. I looked at that individual problem. I looked at the product we were using and I improved on it. I love that. You know, so many times being first to market does not make you right. You know, it's usually those incremental improvements where somebody experiences a product as a customer and realizes, wow, there's a way to really iterate this and make it better. And I think that's probably what's made Carthook so successful. Yeah, and another interesting experience in that was when you kind of get into your own world and expect that everyone like you knows everything that you know. And what I found out was when I started marketing this, I had the assumption of, okay, so I'm, I'm not first to market, I'm not second, I'm not third, I'm not fifth to market. And so I'm going to have problems with people comparing my offering to other offerings. And I found that to be completely wrong. Anyone that was already using a competing product had no interest in talking to me at all, which was a bad thing, (laughs) a bad thing and a good thing because it meant that they were loyal and it wasn't a product that you quickly moved away from. 95% of the market, though, had no idea this type of tool even existed. So when they saw my offering, it was like a revelation. It was like, I can't believe that's even possible that you can capture the email address. So it's kind of an interesting lesson in not assuming that your market already knows everything that you know. And that's great, too, you know, because in this age of abundance, 
sometimes we assume that everything is everywhere. And like you said, it's easy to jump to that conclusion that, oh, therefore I shouldn't do it or there won't be enough of a market. Exactly right. And Jordan, how did you get to that 95% that wasn't aware of a solution out there? Sure. So as an early stage company, in the first few months when I just had to just get the ball rolling, right? That's the hardest thing. The snowball down the hill analogy, it's the first few turns that are the hardest before you have any momentum at all. So I use brute force. That's what I call it. <laughs> I just looked around. And I said, okay, I can kind of do what I think everyone's telling me to do. I can do the content marketing thing. I can do advertising. I can do all these other things, but they're going to take some time to work. So I'll lay the groundwork for those. But in the short term to get the ball rolling, I just used cold email, right? And, and cold email is, it's not spamming. It's directly contacting individual people and trying to get them into conversations. So it's a tried and true tactic online, especially a lot of software companies and, and consulting companies online do this. Uh, so what I did was, because our software worked with individual technologies, meaning it only had integrations with certain e-commerce platforms, I went out to a company called BuiltWith that allows you to search through technology. So I could say, everybody on the Magento platform, I want that list. And then I would take that list of 50,000 or so people, and I would get a virtual assistant to do the research to find an email address for that individual person. And then I would load up 100 emails or so a day to reach out to people and say, hey, this is what I'm offering. Do you want to have a conversation? And people who responded, I would get on the phone and show them a demo on a screen share. And that's how I got the ball rolling for the first 20 customers. Jordan, what can you tell us about the psychology of the empty cart? Why do people abandon the cart when they're ready to make a purchase? Yeah, that's a funny thing that there's a lot of research on and everyone has their best guesses. A lot of it is just unknown. But from the research that we do have, there are certain things. So one of the big things online is trust. Another really big thing is shipping costs. Shipping costs, people are allergic to paying for shipping. So unexpected shipping costs are the single biggest reason of cart abandonment. So if you put something in the cart for $50 and then you get to the checkout page, you put in your address and all of a sudden it's $59.95 because they added on $9.95 in shipping, that right there, that unexpected shipping expense, that's the number one reason that people abandon. And then you have the million other reasons such as people just getting a little worried about the site itself. It hasn't built enough trust, doesn't have the trust symbols and credit card logos and VeriSign seals, all that online that just makes people a little turned off to the site. There's people just changing their mind as it comes down to actually pulling out their credit card and putting in the payment. Uh, there are things like the boss comes around the corner to your cubicle and you don't want to be seen as shopping online, so you close the browser. I mean, there's a whole range of things, but <laughs> sure. the, the biggest issue is attention and trust and the hesitation around purchase. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It makes me think of Amazon Prime. Amazon, of course, huge data-driven company. And there's a reason why they want to get rid of shipping costs, right? So they get, because they know that that's the cause of abandonment. That's right. And Amazon's always a good one to look to, not only for their success, but for their focus on getting things right in the purchase and checkout process. The one-click thing, there's a reason they patented it, because it makes a huge difference. The amount of friction... Right. That's one of the other key things that I should have added to abandonment. If it takes someone an enormous amount of pain and an online pain, I know you're sitting on your couch typing, but if you annoy someone in that process, if there are too many pages to go through and you require them to create an account and all these other friction steps, that's when you get abandonment. And so if you think about the Amazon use case, 
Amazon's one of the few I'm going to date myself a little bit here. It's one of the few places I purchase on my phone because there is no friction. There's just a button and it's the same thing online. It's just you're logged in and you just hit one button and it takes everything into account. There's no friction to go from I have decided to buy to actually enabling the transaction. So every step of the way you lose people. Every piece of friction along the way, you're going to lose people. So Amazon's kind of like the ideal. You've trusted them enough to give them all your info to kind of keep stored by default. And then when it's time to purchase, there is no friction at all. It's just a little click. And it's a lesson to any kind of business, not just an online business. And a question every business owner needs to ask themselves constantly is, how easy is it to do business with me? How easy is it for people to complete the transaction? That's right. It's not just an online thing. It's not just a a purchase thing. It's how easy is it to set up an appointment with you? How easy is it to just reach out to you? Is your phone number clear and obvious on the website? How easy is it literally to give you their money? It's amazing how many times we come across situations where it's really just I'm trying to give you my money so you can come to my house and take care of my whatever problem. And that too is difficult. Yeah, I mean, that's something that any business owner could do right now to try to increase their conversions is just take a good look at their process and try to identify those friction points and really challenge themselves on how could I eliminate. Yeah, one of the things we do in the software business is we try to sign up for our own service at least once a week. And other business owners should do the same thing. Go through the process as chances are you might not have done it for a few months. That's the norm. So go onto your site right now and go through the ideal process that you want people to go through, whether that's clicking on the find out more button and then clicking on the make an appointment button and then filling out the form and hitting submit and go through that experience. And pretty much every time you go through it, you find little imperfections that you can optimize along the way. Whether it's the email that gets sent to you confirming your appointment is a little often a little dated because your company has changed over the past six months or the form doesn't look right on Internet Explorer. Whatever it is, it's just a good thing to go through the process you want people to go through just regularly and find those little friction points. I love thinking about it as a customer experience, really end to end. What is it like for that customer to do business with you at every juncture? Now, getting back to your cart hook product, what are you able to do in terms of conversion rate by capturing those emails for people that have abandoned a cart? Sure. So the abandonment rate and the abandonment that we're talking about isn't just adding to the cart and then leaving. That's closer to 66 to 70 percent is the norm. Uh, What we're talking about is people who go so far as the checkout and then complete their email address. Right. So our technology captures the email address as soon as it's typed on the site. And so for that, we see somewhere between 40 and 60 percent abandonment. And then we're able to recover somewhere between 10 and 15 percent of those abandoned carts. And that usually translates into somewhere between 5 and 8% increase in revenue. So it, it can have a big impact. At this point, you're already spending the money to get people to the site. And so any incremental dollars just makes a, a disproportionate difference in your revenue and then eventually your profit. Yeah, and you don't even have to do much to make that happen. I mean, even if you only have a portion of your business that sells online, why would you want to not have this kind of a service? I mean, anything that could increase sales like that is fantastic. And it's also the touches, right? Because you're automating the process of following up with prospects. So I imagine even if they don't close on that purchase right now, you still have a campaign going with outreach. Right. You've gone into their inbox, which is where every marketer wants to be. We see it all the time. We see someone get an abandoned cart email from us. And then we'll look at the history and they will have gotten it, let's call it on day one. And then on day 18, they'll open it, click on it and purchase. So it's like you can tell they just kind of saved it in their inbox for later. 
and they just kept it there whenever they were ready or whenever they thought about it again. So it's just a powerful place for their marketer to be to just sit in the inbox. Sometimes it goes ignored, sometimes it gets acted upon immediately, and sometimes it gets saved for later. Jordan, you're really involved in the online marketing industry. What are you finding to be really a waste of time nowadays in online marketing? So the big themes happening in online marketing right now is that it's like a relationship-based approach. You are unlikely to get what you want, which is you know more often than not either a sale or a sign-up of some type. It's unlikely to happen the first time someone comes across your website and your business. So you have to kind of acknowledge that and just come to terms with it. So what we see online is you'll see a lot of people who are doing it right. You go to their website and, of course, there's the opportunity to sign up to purchase. But where people are really excelling, the the companies that are doing much better than the norm, than the average, is they're taking a longer term approach. So you get to their site, but they're starting to offer you pieces of value that are related to their service or products, but that aren't a direct ask to purchase. So what do I mean by that? So if you go to, right, let's use ourselves as an example. If you go to carthook.com, of course you can sign up. But then we have a podcast and we have a blog. And when you get there, you get offered certain pieces of value. So someone in our target market is obviously interested in increasing conversions or improving customer service for their e-commerce business, something related to what we offer, but not directly related. So when you get to a blog post, we'll offer you something of value. Download this PDF cheat sheet on the best performing apps for your Shopify store. And so that looks like this little insignificant thing off to the side. But that's actually how you end up getting your clients because they'll see that piece of value. They'll click on it. They'll put their email address in. They'll get that piece of value. And the first touch in your relationship was you giving them something of value. And now they're on your email list and you provide them additional value. And then maybe a month from today, they'll get an email from us saying, hey, we're doing a webinar next week on how to do X, Y, and Z. And then they'll attend the webinar and that will be a slightly more direct sell. It'll still be value-based. It'll still be, we're going to teach you something valuable for you. And also, if you want to use our software, here's an offer for people who are on the webinar that's kind of better than the offer that you get if you're not on the webinar. So that might have taken six weeks to happen. But the really successful online companies are taking that approach and even longer term, people literally think in terms of a year. You have to have so many touches that the people who don't have those entry points into the relationship with the company that are value-based, whether it's uh, webinars, blog posts, cheat sheets, white papers, the people doing that are going to have a lot better luck. So here's a click from Facebook that cost me three bucks and X percent of the people that click on it purchase my product. That's the right approach to online marketing these days, the value-based relationship approach as opposed to just simply transaction. Yeah, that takes a lot of investment and time. It certainly separates a lot of industries and a lot of businesses trying to come into the market space. E-commerce as a sales channel is grown and developed in so many different ways. And I'm curious what trends you're seeing and how people are using different models to explore this channel, especially if they're not just a primarily web-based product. There's some interesting things happening in the meeting between the two, the the e-commerce world and and the offline world. Uh, One of my favorite examples is Bonobos. 
So Bonobos.com is a men's online retailer. So they started off web only. They started off literally with one focus on one type of product, and that was men's pants. Uh, So that in itself is a trend that we're seeing where companies are starting off super, super specific, that they will make only tea cups, and that's it. Uh, So Bonobos started off with making men's pants, and they grew, and then they raised money, and then they grew more, and they grew really quickly. And then at some point, they realized, hey, e-commerce is amazing, but if we want to reach the wider audience, we have to go retail also. And so it was an interesting thing to see an online-only company, and everyone's kind of so jealous. Oh, they, they don't even have anything to worry about in terms of retail and leases. And then to see that company go completely the other way and start opening up retail shops. Now, the funny thing is if you go to a Bonobo's store, like one of them in Manhattan, you'll see it has a completely different DNA from a traditional retail store. And so they're still taking advantage of the e-commerce mindset and kind of framework. So if you go there, you try clothes on, but you do not walk away with any clothes. There is someone, a concierge or something, I forget what the terminology is, someone that helps you with the clothing that you're trying on. And then as you add things, they literally open up the website and put in the order online while you're there. And then when you finish, you put in your credit card information onto the computer that the person has with them. You complete the order and then you walk out of the store without any clothes and it gets shipped to you as if you just bought it online. So even with a retail and a lease and everything else that they have to worry about now that they didn't previously, they still have it in their DNA that they don't need to carry too much inventory and they can still do things very, very differently. So that's kind of a a cool example of the e-commerce channel powering the retail and, and now they can go a lot bigger with the retail stores as well. Yeah, it's interesting. And just thinking about recurring revenue and how important it is to try to find a model for your business that can generate recurring revenue when it comes to increasing the value of your business. It seems like there's so much opportunity in e-commerce that whether you're in a service or a product business, you really need to explore what can I do to productize what I'm doing? How can I find a way to get at least a portion of this online and take care of this channel? Yeah, I, I agree with that 100 percent. And that brings up the other big trend that we've seen over the past year is people kind of pushing the physical product model into a subscription model. So w- one of our most successful integrations is with a company called CrateJoy, and they are a platform for stores that want to sell things on a recurring basis. So everything from Japanese anime of the month to military gear of the month clubs, all these of the month things that are basically how can we fit a physical product business into a recurring revenue model? People have figured out all types of ways. We have a beef jerky of the month club using our product. So that that's a really cool trend because everyone looked at software and said, oh, I want the recurring revenue. And then you realize software is a gigantic pain, or at least it can be. Right. And so it's much easier to sell physical products where you just ship it and people consume it and that's it. But if it is consumable, what you sell, you can fit it into that recurring model. Well, Jordan, I want to thank you so much for being with us today and really opening up our eyes to this incredible world of e-commerce and online selling and the opportunities that exist for so many business owners. Is there anything else you'd like to offer our listeners today? First, thank you very much for having me. If people want to find out more, kind of delve into this world a little bit more, uh, I would suggest two things. First, you can head over to carthook.com. That's cart, like shopping cart, and then hook.com. And you can check out what we're doing. You can also look at our blog and kind of start to read about what's happening in the e-commerce world in general. And the other thing I would do, 
we found the best value these days in terms of what people are sharing is actually happening on Facebook groups. So if you're interested in Shopify, if you're interested in e-commerce, you're interested in drop shipping, join a few Facebook groups around those topics and people are sharing some mind-blowing things that they're doing inside these Facebook groups. That would be my two suggestions. And I definitely want to mention, too, your fantastic podcast, Bootstrapped Web. Our listeners may want to check that out as well. It's just so many great lessons and things that you've learned in bootstrapping your business. And there's just great advice for anyone that's trying to grow their business that way. Well, thank you very much. Thanks very much for having me. Our guest today has been Jordan Gall, founder of Carthook and co-host of the podcast Bootstrapped Web. You can learn more about Jordan and find out how to receive professional-grade e-commerce optimization advice in the show notes at businessownersradio.com. Thank you for joining us on Business Owners Radio. We hope you enjoyed today's show. As always, you can read more about each episode along with links and offers in the show notes on our website, businessownersradio.com. We want to hear your feedback. Please leave comments on this show or suggestions for upcoming episodes. Tell your fellow business owners about the show and, of course, you would love the stars and comments on iTunes. Till next time, keep taking care of business.